On a recent flight to the other side of the world, I had a chance to view a documentary by Mark Manson based on his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Asterix CK. I had read this book years ago, pre-pandemic. It's interesting how we talk about time now in the lens of the pandemic pre or post. But pre-pandemic, a good friend of mine gave me this book and you know the cover of course makes you chuckle. But when I read it, there were so many incredible insights through what he shared about happiness and living life. And so over the next few episodes, now that I have gotten reacquainted through this documentary, I'm going to unpack a couple of the topics, a couple of the categorical areas that he talks about in his book. I do highly recommend reading his book um, or viewing his documentary. Just beware that he does use foul language, but his points are really thought-provoking. Hello, I'm Nassim, and welcome to Becoming My Stronger Me, a podcast designed to help you become stronger in mind, body, and heart. Up until a few years ago, my journey was pretty linear, following a traditional path. And then, in a perfect storm of circumstances, I pivoted to pursue a more fulfilling and meaningful life. Join me as I share what I've learned about myself that's helped me to become my stronger me. Today, I want to unpack the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation, a term that I had not really heard of before I had read Mark Manson's The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F Asterix CK, and then being reacquainted with it in his documentary. The book and the documentary provide a raw, no-frills set of advice on how to live your best life. And Mark Manson believes that mental health and self-improvement are not something for the few or for the privileged, but rather these should be things for anyone who's made the decision to change themselves. And of course, as you know, from listening to this podcast, this is absolutely in line with how I think about happiness and contentment and striving for those things and protecting your space. They're going to be concepts in this book and in the documentary that we'll unpack over the next couple episodes. And so for today, we'll focus in on the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation. So let's talk about the word hedonic. It comes, of course, from the word hedonism, the pursuit of pleasure, that immediate happiness that oftentimes is fleeting. It's short-lived. And this can be juxtaposed with eudaimonia, the fulfillment we have or we get from pursuing meaningful activities. So altruistic activities, helping others, growing personally, building a sense of purpose. These are things that we do that have a longer lasting impression on our happiness. And so going back to hedonism, which is that short-lived fleeting happiness and the pursuit of that, what we see with the hedonic treadmill or hedonic adaptation is this general tendency that people have to return to a set baseline level of happiness despite life's ups and downs. And so the reason why they use the imagery of the treadmill is you might be moving through life, sometimes faster, sometimes slower, but yet you always return to that baseline. You're always moving 
but you're staying in place. Let's say you have a favorite song and it just came out. It's on the radio. You hear it all the time. The first time you hear it, it's exciting. You're trying to learn all the words. The next time you hear it, again, exciting. You turn the volume up. The third time, the fourth time, you start playing it on repeat. And what happens over time is the happiness, the joy that you get from hearing that song begins to dissipate over time. And so fast forward, maybe the 50th, 60th time you've heard that song, you don't get that same jolt of joy, that jolt of happiness or jolt of pleasure from hearing that song. And so your happiness related to that song goes back to whatever baseline happiness you have. And on the flip side, this can also apply to things that make you unhappy or are kind of lows in our life. So when people say, you know, time heals all wounds or we'll feel better as time passes, that's because as time passes, just like when we're in happiness, but as time passes and as we're exposed to the same stimulus, we will return to baseline. So many people might uh, think about uh, the death of a loved one in this case. And so initially there is that real raw pain, but over time, yes, you might return to a baseline sense of happiness. And of course, I'm not dismissing the fact that the person, the loved one will always be missed, but that intense negative emotion dissipates over time. We're not talking here in terms of the hedonic adaptation. We're not talking about desensitization. We're not saying that uh, kind of like a drug, you're going to need more and more of the same thing to get the same effect. We're not talking about a threshold change at all. Instead, we're saying there is a baseline pleasure hedonic set point. And in that set point, we can vacillate across this set point up and down. And so if you think about a curve where um, the x-axis is over time, that horizontal piece is over time, and then the curve kind of goes up, makes an upside down U, and then comes back to the hedonic set point or that baseline, then goes underneath, makes a U, comes back up to the baseline, et cetera. That is how we can view things that are pleasurable or things that are not pleasurable in our lives. And so what's interesting is that this really resonated with me because over the course of the past few months and talking to different people, different times, this concept has manifested itself. So there's someone in my life who has had the pleasure, the luxury to be able to travel a lot in a short period of time. And some of you may experience with work travel. So if your job is one that travels a lot or you've had an opportunity lately to travel a lot either across the world or within the United States, the first couple of times, those first few trips are just incredible. There is this really fun, exciting, happy joy that comes with the travel, even if it's for work. There is that level of excitement of getting back to that travel or having a work trip. But if you have to do it every day or every few weeks, back to back, different cities, and are roughly doing the same thing, you're in and out of the airports, the hotels, to the meetings, then again on repeat, and then back home just in time to do laundry, change your luggage over and do it all again. 
that same joy and excitement no longer exists. It doesn't give you that jolt of pleasure. And so it's interesting as we have a lot of places and spaces in our world that this may exist. And what's interesting is that there are two other related terms that I want to introduce here. So, so far we have hedonism, that pursuit of pleasure in that immediate happiness that's fleeting versus eudaimonia, which is fulfillment from pursuing meaningful activities. So that set of terms kind of juxtaposed with one another is the first set of terms that I introduced today. The next one is hedonic adaptation or hedonic treadmill. And that's where you're moving, but you're not really moving. You're kind of staying in place and that baseline happiness exists. And so that's the general tendency for us in our life to return to that baseline set of happiness, despite life's ups and downs. That baseline set is called the hedonic set point. So notice that we've introduced a lot of terms in this episode and I want to kind of take them a little slowly. The next two that I want to introduce are hedonic consumption and hedonic value. Hedonic consumption is when we purchase goods and services for pleasure. So for example, you purchase an exercise bike. And this actually happened to me. So I purchased a Peloton bike to replace my existing spin bike. And as soon as I purchased it and hopped on and was able to interact with my friends on the leaderboard and exercise, I would get this incredible high, this super happiness every time I rode with my friends, especially early on, you know, getting up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 in the morning and cranking out a ride with them. And I just loved this machine. It connected me with people. It increased the intensity of my workouts and it was all the things. And then what I found over time, and maybe this has also happened to you with exercise equipment or gym memberships, but what happened to me is that over time, that waking up at four, four thirty, or five and hopping on a ride with my friends just wasn't as pleasurable anymore. That yes, I was getting an amazing workout. I was tackling it with some high intensity, but it just wasn't giving me that same jolt of pleasure, that same jolt of happiness. And what we find is that when we purchase goods and services for pleasure, that hedonic consumption, the personal value that we place on that item really impacts our ability to kind of sustain that pleasure from it. So that hedonic value, and that's the other term we're introducing here, that personal value that we place on that good or service really does affect our ability to continue to get joy from it and happiness from it. And so for me, that happiness actually sustained a quite a long time, probably more than most of my exercise equipment. You know, I've also purchased things like dumbbells and the first two days I have those sets of dumbbells, I am on a high. I love it. I absolutely love increasing the weights of my workouts, but very soon the happiness is gone and I'm back to the grind and I'm back to just that baseline happiness. So this kind of vacillation in our lives of needing to and seeking happiness and pleasure and then reaping the benefits of that, but then also going back to that hedonic set point 
is something that occurs for all of us. And what's really interesting and valuable is to find ways to minimize that hedonic adaptation. So how can we vacillate in a way that we spend more of our time in that happy space or more of that time finding joy and pleasure from the things that we are doing or from the world around us, as opposed to more of our time in our baseline. I'm going to provide six tips here. One is to find multiple sources of pleasure in your day. So for example, if you're like me and you just love that first cup of coffee, spend some time truly enjoying that moment. Do other things throughout that same day that provide you pleasure and happiness. So for me, that would be enjoying that cup of coffee uninterrupted, calling my friend and getting time to really connect with them, going for a walk or spending time working out, connecting with my family. Those are things throughout the day that give me an immense amount of pleasure. And those sources of pleasure, as you diversify them in your day and have multiple sources, each one will provide that additional happiness. So instead of looking for repetitive happiness out of a single source, diversifying your sources of pleasure really help minimize that hedonic adaptation. So similar to that, rotate your sources of pleasure so that they feel new. And I'm just going to give you a very simple kind of surface example here. So in my home gym, I have a bike, a treadmill, and a rower. And many of you know that this year I have a goal of rowing a million meters. Let me tell you, getting on a rower every day for 3,000 or 5,000 meters felt great at the beginning. I mean, really great because I was gung-ho on this goal. And now that I'm in the middle here in that 500, 600,000 range, it is really challenging to get myself onto that rower. It pulls every ounce of my discipline to get on it and crank out those meters because I'm not finding the same pleasure. However, on the days that I have mixed it up, so if I have ridden the bike or done the treadmill the day or two in advance, when I hop on that rower, I feel so good. And that's what I mean by rotating those sources of pleasure. So if you're a runner and all you do is run and you do nothing else, at some point that running isn't going to give you the same excitement and pleasure. And so how you rejuvenate that sense out of what you do enjoy is to diversify it and rotate it with other things and other goals. So the third way to minimize hedonic adaptation is finding time for your hobbies. And I've talked about this in other episodes where we can point out that our busy lives force us to prioritize the things that we think are most important, like our jobs. And yet, in order to keep our internal peace and to find pleasure in life, we actually need to find the time for those hobbies, for the things that actually bring us joy. And the fourth is to savor the experiences. If you have created this time, if you have given space to doing things that you love, take the moments to truly appreciate the fact that you have the time to do it and are engaging in those behaviors. If you love to do art, 
Don't just do art for the sake of art. Make sure that you're present in the moment and are truly savoring that experience. That's similar to the fifth way that we can minimize our hedonic adaptation is to be mindful of our happiness levels. When we are aware of our happiness, when we take stock in the fact that something maybe isn't really providing as much happiness as it used to, then we can fully engage these other things that I've talked about, you know, making sure we have multiple sources of pleasure and happiness in our lives or in our day, rotating things that we have to keep them fresh, to keep them anew, making sure that we re-engage in our hobbies. All of that is because we are mindful of our happiness levels. And lastly, and this is really important to be able to think back and review and to reflect on it is to have some sort of journal, whether it's a gratitude journal or a way to get your thoughts down. But journals don't always have to be negative. It doesn't always have to be a place where we put down our negative thoughts and process them. Very helpful for that. But it doesn't always have to be just that. And so a gratitude journal, a place that we write down or type out or talk out the things that we're grateful for, the things in our life that are truly affecting our happiness in a positive way is a really great way to reinforce and then minimize the hedonic adaptation. So today, super brief episode. I'm hoping that over the next few episodes while I'm here on the other side of the world, I am able to unpack and highlight some of Mark Manson's concepts from The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F asterisk CK from his book and his documentary and highlighting some of the concepts that he puts in there and pushes back on so that we can live a life of happiness and purpose. Join me in the Becoming My Stronger Me Facebook group as we talk about questions and reflections from this episode, or send me a message on Instagram at StrongerMe, sharing your story, your questions, your reflections. I'd love to hear from you. Let's learn from each other and build a supportive community so that you can become your stronger you.